Welcome to this episode of Global Connections. This is your host Bianca Chow and Xiaoyun Sim. Xiaoyun and I invited Asuka and Phoebe, who are hosts of Culture Crossings, to chat with us about mentorship because this is how they both met in college and actually how I met Xiaoyun. Culture Crossings is a podcast for globally mobile millennials with cross-cultural identities. They share stories about their identities, well-being, and career development for young professionals on the move. I've personally enjoyed listening to Cultural Crossings because there are many topics they touch on that I resonate with, and it's just really nice to know that I can feel connected to the host because of our shared experiences, even though we've never met in person before. Anyway, without further delay, let's welcome Asuka Ichikawa and Phoebe A. Lee. Produced by the Commission for Global Dimensions of Student Development (ACPA) and Anchor, Global Connections aim to connect folks from all functional areas interested in cross-cultural learning, development of intercultural competencies, internationalization, and student services around the world. Thank you for inviting us. My name is Asuka, and I. Came to the U.S. as an international student,、um, and then I've both worked in Japan and the U.S.、Um, but right now I'm a prospective Ph.D. student in higher education program at Old Dominion University, and my research interests are mobility, identity, and wellness of international students. So really happy to be with you both today,、um, and yeah, culture crossings is. Pepe and my really like a passion project that came up、um, to really reflect on what it means to live in between cultures and countries as individuals. And when the pandemic hit,、um, Pepe and I happened to reconnect, and we wanted to do something, something creative project that can be of support for other people who may be going through similar. Um, journeys and challenges of what it means to have cross-cultural identity, and yeah, so we created this podcast about a year ago, and、uh, we can talk about this more later. But Phoebe and I both met、um, when we are both attending University of British Columbia, which is in Vancouver, Canada, and there was a mentorship program for international students, and Phoebe was my mentor. And I was a new student coming in, and that's yeah how we met. And、um, I suppose I can hand it over to Phoebe to introduce、uh, herself now. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Aska.、Um, yeah. So as Aska said, we started Culture Crossings about a year ago, and it was really a way for us to reflect on our experiences growing up in between cultures. So I'm Chinese, but I was born and raised in the Philippines. And then my family and I came to Vancouver, Canada, when I was about 13.、Um, and so I grew up in Vancouver as well. And then I went to the University of British Columbia, and that's where I met Aska.、Um, and after that, you know, it was a series of、uh, transitions and kind of. Moving around and living in different cities、um, throughout my twenties, but 
Um, but yeah, I mean, we can certainly touch on that a little bit later. But yeah, basically, my background is in uh, journalism. And also, I am very passionate about, you know, creating my own creative projects as well. So um, on the side, aside from my day job, um, I am working on uh, writing a fiction book and also working on culture crossings. Yeah, thank you both for introducing yourselves. And it's really interesting to see how both of you met during college and with different passions and interests because of a pandemic and with technology, how you were able to reconnect with each other and start this creative project on recording um, the podcast called Culture Crossings. And when you both shared about how you met, it reminds me of how I actually met Bianca. It's also through a mentorship um, experience. And just, I don't, I don't want to talk a lot about the long story about how we both met, but uh, we started in ACPA together at the Commission of Global Dimensions of Student Development. And that's how I met Bianca, being able to work alongside with her and being able to just learn from her because she was already a professional in student affairs during that time. And I was still a graduate student navigating the field itself. And I was able to get a lot of information from her and learn from what her story was um, going into the field. So um, I don't know, Bianca, if you want to share anything more specific about how we met. Yeah, and I think um, I wouldn't quite describe Xiaoyun and I's relationship as a mentorship relationship. It very quickly became a friendship and, you know, simultaneously we were quote-unquote colleagues. Um, and so I wonder, Asuka and Phoebe, um, if you could tell me more about your experiences with your quote unquote mentorship, how did you define yours and how did that become a, you know, blossom into a friendship that it is now? Sure. Yeah. It's really like a serendipity that both of four of us like met through mentorship in some way or another. And just to put things in context, um, yeah, Phoebe and I were part of this mentorship program about a decade ago. So, you know, there may be, I mean, the program we belong to doesn't exist at UBC anymore. Um, but I think uh, we can, you know, still communicate the spirit around it. And hopefully that resonates with some of you here. So I think in terms of the mentorship that we were a part of, I think there's both the philosophy behind the mentorship program that was really based on peer-to-peer -peer learning. And so the mentors who are essentially volunteers, um, it's a student-oriented, student-driven program. So mentors were all students, current undergrad students at UBC who wanted to um, support uh, international students, but also to learn about different cultures. So I think that philosophy really, um, how do you say, like the power dynamics was a lot more equal than I would say like a traditional, maybe more hierarchical relationship. And the other factor was, I think, Phoebe's, you know, personality being very open, relaxed, and, you know, very, um, how do you say, approachable. So I think it's really both um, in terms of mentorship style, but also, you know, it has to come across who you are as a person. So when you have a good match between both, I think it really creates a unique type of mentorship. And definitely, I really appreciated how, as an international student, I felt supported, but not quote unquote helped because I think there's a you know fine line between the two. 
Um, and so, yeah, I really, really appreciated PB being there and among other mentors. And I felt like a sense of belonging on campus. So, yeah. Oh, that's so sad. I didn't know that the international peer program doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I think but... like a modified version is there. Okay. It's all under the umbrella of like peer programs for different sorts of leadership programs. But yeah, yeah, I know it was a bit sad, but <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I think for me, my mindset in joining that program, um, of course, you know, I also wanted to experience kind of belonging in student groups um, during my time in university and um, also, you know, uh, learning more about leadership skills and all of that. But also my mindset with joining um, the international peer program at UBC was that I wanted to meet more people like me as well. So even though I was a local student, um, but I also had an immigrant background. So actually I could relate more to international students than you know local students, um, especially local students who were born and raised in Vancouver. Um, and so for me, um, my mindset was that I wanted to I guess, help people like me, because I know what they're probably going through and, you know, having to adjust to a new environment. Um, yeah, and so I think that very naturally, and also because uh, in terms of our ages, we were quite similar in ages. So I think that just naturally kind of transitioned into more of a, you know, friendship eventually. Speaking about that program that you're talking about, um, can you share a little bit about how you were paired? Was this a like a pairing system? Um, how was the whole program executed so that um, that mentors and mentees were able to engage um, as best as possible? Yeah, so I do remember actually, so I'm not sure if you remember this Asuka, but um, at International House, which is the department that handles all, you know, international affairs at UBC. So in terms of exchange programs and all of that, and of course all the international students, if they have any problems or issues, they would go to International House. Um, so aside from volunteering as like a senior peer for the International Peer Program, I also, um, volunteered as uh, kind of this, um, I don't know how you would explain it, but basically as a resource for international students. Um, so kind of at the help desk. So if international students had any questions or um, had any concerns, they would come to international house. Um, and then I would be there, you know, like on the front desk um, as the first point of contact to answer any questions and concerns. And if the problem, you know, is a bit uh, maybe bigger than we could handle, then we can refer them to different resources around campus. Um, and during orientation week, I think it was the first week of school, you know, we were kind of welcoming all the international students. And I remember Asuka was one of the international students that came to our desk. And, you know, so she was kind of asking questions and I was kind of answering all of her questions. And I mentioned to her that, you know, there is this international peer program as well that she could join if she was interested. And then she asked more questions about it. Um, and then I said, yeah, you know, I'm one of the senior peers. So if you want, you can put my name down as a referral. 
and you know you could be in my group and yeah, I'm not sure if Asuka you remember this but I do remember um, because you were one of the people that was really engaged I think that was really interested um, and so I do remember that first encounter and I think that's how you kind of um, ended up in my group. Thank you so much, Shibi. Wow, that's like <laughs> 10 years ago or something. It's it's so nice to hear from you, like from, you know, how it was like from your side. And yeah, I remember like literally like looking for you when I went to International House when there was an orientation for um, the mentorship program. And yeah, to also just give a synopsis. So um the ipp or international peer program consists of like 400 to 600 people involved in the program so essentially i think most international students would know about it somewhere or another um because what we do is um so there are a bunch of volunteer students and there's also a group of students called student managers and uh, program assistants um, who create the year-long program together and we do uh, special workshops um, including campus-wide orientation uh, for international students and their parents so that's like thousand plus um, audience um, and so we do those things and we also do like academic workshops and also, we do a lot of uh, fun events like socials and exploring Vancouver, those kind of things. Um, yeah, and the matching part, <laughs> this is actually a fun part and a hard part because uh, we, so at least when I was doing the program assistant work, um, once we get all the applications, we would create a database. And uh, I remember me and another program assistant working on it, um, trying to match, of course, like depending on the preference that they expressed, um, pairing them so that it's uh, according to their academic in interests or discipline or by other factors, um, yeah, that they mentioned that they wanna be matched with. But I think um, I remember, yeah, like academic was one of the key components because people wanted to seek mentorship um, in the similar sort of academic environment. But I think also there were cases where, you know, people from different departments got together and got along well. So yeah, it's a process. But for me personally, I was so glad that Phoebe was there for me. So yeah. It's just really nice to hear how, like bringing back all the memories that you both shared a decade ago and how you've been a volunteer or how you, as a former international student, Asuka, have been through that process. And it just leads me back to when I was an undergrad, I also had a peer mentor that kind of helped me orient to life in the United States, really teaching me the ins and outs of how to be successful on campus and just being a resource for me. And I think that like both of you, I am still connected to my peer mentor at that time. And it became from a mentorship to a friendship as well. So it's really interesting to see how different institutions have those programs in place to help connect international students to domestic local students or just helping them acclimate it um, to life at the institution or the country itself. So my other question to uh, talk about is that y'all did mention that um, both of you come from different backgrounds, called different culture contexts, and 
the idea of mentorship might sound different in your home country or where you grew up from. And it's really interesting to see that, yes, we use the term mentorship, but the typical mentorship might not be really explained well in this situation itself. But can you maybe talk a little about mentorships in different culture contexts? And if you want to mention about how it's different in Asia or in Western countries, how would that work? Um, yeah, in terms of mentorship in different cultural contexts, um, of course, geographically, that's a factor as well. Um, I've never actually really worked in the Philippines, so I can't say for sure what mentorship uh, looks like there. Um, but, you know, in Asia in general, I think we have that thing of um, not calling our elders by their first name. So we would say like older sister or, you know, older brother. But, and we kind of look up to them as, you know, kind of someone with more experience uh, and we just kind of look up to them in general, but I'm not sure if that would be considered as a mentorship. Um, but then in terms of cultural context, there's other um, cultural contexts as well in terms of institutions. So I think mentorship could look different at school or in the workplace. Um, so for myself, um, I think uh, in terms of, you know, school and the workplace, I feel it's very different. Um, I feel like mentorship programs, you know, in an educational setting, it's more of a, yeah, like more of a peer-to-peer -peer kind of feeling. But um, in corporate, I feel it's also very different. I feel it's more formal um, in terms of, you know, me having to sit down with my manager for uh, quarterly reviews or monthly reviews and and goal setting um, it's just yeah it's just a bit more you know formal and there's more of a hierarchy at least for me that's what I feel like but um, Asuka um, if, if you could touch on a bit more sure yeah I really resonate with PB's um, experience too because I think um for example, I've spent most of my school years in Canada, um, but uh, coming from Japan, where there's a lot of uh, seniority, um, that's very much respected. And so, yes, I remember also um, not being very used to, for example, referring to my professors by their first names because it somehow felt very odd. Um, yeah, so I still kind of, take time to adjust <laughs> to, to make that transition. Um, and so, yes, but school-wise, I, I would agree with Phoebe that um, especially going through, I guess, more of a Western school environment, um, mentorship programs where, yeah, like it can be transferred to friendships as you touched upon earlier. Um, but I think especially in corporate setting, um, yes, I think the seniority system also kicked in again for me, um, especially because I began working um, after college. Um, I went back to Japan and I worked for an investment bank in Tokyo for about three years. And so, again, this is just, you know, in that kind of unique setting. So I can't, of course, generalize about what's it like in Japan. Um, but usually in Japan, uh, what's usually well known is this relationship between uh, senpai and kohai uh, and senpais are the people with who are, who are usually older than you 
and have more experience. And kohais are, I guess, sort of the newbies or the um, new ones in uh, whether in school environment or in company. And nowadays, I think they actually use the term buddy system or mentorship system uh, in corporate settings to sort of facilitate the transition of new graduates coming from college to transition into professional roles. Um, I also myself went through that buddy system um, at the investment bank. Um, and as much as I really appreciated that system, I think the relationship was more, yeah, very formal. And so I didn't think it's friendly as, you know, I, I experienced in IPP. So, but yeah, how about you, you um, Bianca and Xiaoyan? Thanks for asking. Uh, I was reflecting on my college experience because um, I did my college in Hong Kong at a local university. So that was a little tough for me coming from an international school where, you know, it's very much the quote unquote Western environment. And then I was, you know, I threw myself into a local university. So that um, piece you were talking about, Asuka, where there's the hierarchy seniority um, was, was very present. And in terms of mentorship, I feel like um, when I was in college, it was synonymous more to advising. And so my mentorship was between like me as a student and a professor. Um, and there's no such thing as like peer advising or peer mentorship or peer support. It's, and if it was to be a peer support, it was very much in a group context and not in a one-on-one. -on -one. So when I came here um, for grad school, um, I was only 24, but I guess I've already gone through like three years of local university um, experience. And then I worked um, two to three years in Beijing. So I came with the idea of, okay, I need to find someone like, like a senpai that you were talking about older than me um, in, the co in, the, in the grad program to kind of coach me through things. And so I had to relearn what it meant to be a mentee and then also in turn be a mentor who I actually um, met my current roommate and my very, very close friend now. So, and that blossomed into a friendship, but I wouldn't say any of my relationship in college in Hong Kong had, um, it's not a bad thing, but it just didn't blossom into a, what's called a friendship. Um, and so I, I can really speak to that cultural, cultural difference. Um, and then also knowing that my mentorship style is very much hands-off where I feel like in a cultural context of let's say we go back to Asia, I think we do like to overgive information and, and do all that we can on our part so that we don't feel guilty or feel bad that we didn't try the best. Um, but I am actually inherently a very hands-off person. And so I, that's why I think maybe it's not, it's not a best fit for all mentees who are seeking for more handholding. Um, and so I wonder what y'all's um, mentorship style is like, um, including Xiaoyun too. Um, we can all share our, our thoughts on what our mentorship style um, is like now and maybe before. I think before we jump into that question, I want to acknowledge that when Bianca, you said that um, 
your kind of mentorship style is more hands off and back home, it was more like hand holding and all of us in the room was like nodding and agreeing to that. I just want to acknowledge that piece. And that's like the, I would say from my personal experience observing, that's the main difference that I could see. And like all of you shared, I did my college in a local university back home in Malaysia for two years before transferring here. It was more so of like the mentors that I look up to are professors or people who are in the field for, I don't know, 10, 20 years and the hierarchical structure and addressing them by Mr. Who or Dr. Who. It's really prominent and we don't dare to say no or disagree to their thoughts. And meanwhile, coming here, I realized that I remember I had to readjust to that and kind of like relearn because they really want your input and they want to hear what you have to share in that conversation, in that relationship, which was, I think for me, something really hard to adjust to in the beginning because I felt that I wasn't qualified enough to share my own thoughts and I guess where the imposter syndrome kicks in, but stepping off my soapbox, I do want to jump in into the question that uh, Bianca was mentioning, like, do y'all want to share about your kind of your mentorship style? Um, yeah, I mean, I I think I am pretty hands off as well. Um, <laughs> but in terms of, you know, what am I mindful of when I'm mentoring someone, for example, I think my biggest takeaway um, when I was going through all those leadership trainings at UBC and International House. I think my biggest takeaway is um, being mindful of different kinds of people and not just their cultural backgrounds, but just them as a person. Um, So for example, when we organize events, we would always make sure to ask people if anybody was vegetarian or we would always have vegetarian options. Um, And it's not even because of religious reasons that they don't eat meat. also because they might have allergies or, you know, they, they probably just don't eat meat. So, um, so just being mindful of different kinds of people. And also when I was organizing events, um, because we were all in our, you know, uh, university years. So sometimes I would organize events for club nights. Um, But I'm also mindful that probably not everybody likes that. So the next month I would organize events that are more chill. So probably just going out to the night market or just food trips. Um, And so, yeah, I think my mentorship style is kind of hands off as well, but also making sure that, you know, I'm cognizant of every like different types of personalities and different people's backgrounds as well. That's amazing. I think I really think that acknowledgement of different people, I think that's really key. Um, For me, I think my style is probably uh, like reflective and um, in a way that I ask questions to understand more about the person uh, as an individual um, to see where the needs are, um, where I could be of best, you know, I guess use. Um, and also trying to, for example, draw out the strength and resilience that the person has already. Um, part of it, for example, comes from my own experience um, 
being a foreign-born professional in the U.S. Uh, to give a recent example. Um, so I recently had an opportunity to volunteer for a mentorship. Um, it's like a mentorship slash alumni workshop um, from the grad school that I attended. Um, so Harvard Graduate School of Education had this winter course uh, where they would match alumni with current students who are job hunting. And so even though I was actually in the middle of the transition myself, I thought perhaps I could be of use. Um, but again, I wasn't quite sure because usually students would like to connect with those who have jobs or who have ideal positions to learn from. So I was actually struck that one of the students from China reached out and said she wanted to talk to me. And I really appreciated that um, outreach. And uh, in that conversation, um, I tried to understand what are the things that she wanted to do with her career, um, what she has done before, where she wants to go. Um, and I think we were able to create this sort of safe space, um, even though virtually uh, through Zoom, to talk about you know, certain unique challenges that foreign-born professionals have. Um, but I also I'd really try to sort of um, bring out or highlight what she was already doing excellent in. And so, yeah, going back to, I guess, culture crossing themes about um, not seeing things in a deficit light, but trying to bring out, you know, what kind of strengths did you cultivate by living in different cultures and countries? So, yeah, um, and turning it over to you, how about for both of you? I think like my kind of style is also hands off and when Bianca asked that question, it prompted me to reflect on my two years assistantship with um, the student union on campus. I do um, supervise about 24 students. And to me, I don't see myself as a supervisor. I see someone that they could reach out to and more so of like a mentorship relationship that I want to build with my students. And it's just, for me, it's just like, I want to learn from them. It's how I would approach and where the hands-off part comes in because I feel that this has more advantage to help them build their personal skills, help them have a sense of uh, discovery for themselves as well. And I think that that allows um, students to be really creative in thinking of how they could utilize their strengths. Like, like both of you have mentioned, cultivate the strengths piece on how to make sure that I can serve as a resource, as a support for students, as well as I'm also learning from them. And what I, re I remember when I first met my students, the first thing that I had a conversation with them in our one-on-one -on -one is that I'm here to learn from you. I'm not the expert. I'm not perfect as well, because I want to be the person that can ask you questions. You can ask me questions like an open open candid style um, conversation that is how I would approach it and really having the students share their stories and learning from their different backgrounds and how can I be an assist or my personal network or resources could be an assist for my students and I think that both of you shared different styles of mentorship where how it works in corporate life and how can it works in a higher ed situ um, situation and I think that it has so much similarities and also in the same time uniqueness in terms of how um, everyone's mentorship style is. So long story short, my mentorship style is 
like all of you, hands off and really learning and hearing from what um, our mentees have to share. Or we can even talk about what do you look for in a mentor? Oh, that's a good one. Um, what do I look for in a mentor? Um, yeah, so, you know, back then when I was um, applying to grad schools for journalism, um, so I was writing for a newspaper uh, back in Vancouver. And um, actually, I, I looked to my editors and the publisher of the newspaper as my mentors, but maybe they didn't know, but it was just for my own personal thing. Um, I would always ask them for advice and they were always very approachable and very willing to share their experiences um, in the industry. Um, and so for me, what I look for in a mentor is, you know, someone I feel comfortable like approaching um, and someone, you know, I, I trust their, I guess, um, knowledge and experience. Um, and basically the personality, I think, um, and the personality match is very important, I think, because just because someone is very um, knowledgeable and experienced in a certain thing, it doesn't mean that, you know, they'll be the best person to kind of, you know, give you advice or teach you stuff that you want to know. Um, yeah, so for me, I think, you know, that personality match is very important as well. Yes, I would um, also echo that personality match is probably one of the most sustainable like elements that could make the mentorship relationship work um, perhaps long time. Um, and yeah, maybe, I'm just maybe turning this into a question, but um, I think um, the way you keep communicating is also important. So I think there's also a role that mentee and also a mentor could do to keep that communication going. And also um, I think that relationship could change. And also, I think it's also good to tell yourself that it's okay to have more than one mentor um, because as you grow as a person in your life course, um, you know, uh, things change, uh, some things stay the same, but depending on where you are in your life stage and also where you are in a career or professional or whatever industry you choose to go with, um, I think it's actually natural to, you know, seek out or connect with multiple mentors. And so, yeah, I just wanted to chime in and add that part. Yeah. Yeah, thank you both for sharing that piece. And I think that that really speaks to what you all have shared about the art of finding mentors for different stages in life. But I have a follow-up question to both of you is that um, in terms of finding mentors at, uh, for different stages in life, um, what is one piece of advice that you would share? Like what is something that you yourself would think that is important for you to find a mentor, no matter what stages of life you are in? I would just maybe repeat what um, Phoebe mentioned earlier that for me, I also think I, I would also seek a mentor whom I can trust as a person and respect as a professional. Um, and also if we can communicate with a certain sense of safety, um, if it's especially going to be about not just, you know, work, work uh, topic, but if it's something, you know, personal, 
Yeah, I think that having having that kind of human element in that relationship would be really, really ideal. Um, yeah. I think for me, um, for me personally, it helps me if I don't completely see someone as, you know, my mentor, because for me, it kind of creates that sense of distance a little bit. But for me, I guess I would approach it more as, you know, this is someone I want to learn from. So no matter who it is, even if it's someone younger than me, but if I feel that, oh, this person really has some, you know, maybe knowledge or experience that I don't have, and I'd like to learn from that person, um, you know, I could look to that person as a mentor as well, uh, you know, as someone I would want to, um, you know, learn from as well, even if they're younger than me or, you know, for me, as long as it's someone that I can learn from. Um, yeah, so I think for me, that's that's what helps me in, you know, finding, I guess, mentors for different stages of my life. It's just continuing to be curious um, and being open to learning. I, um, you know, at first I thought I'm supposed to like ask permission for people, from people like, can you be my mentor? Um, and then if they say, okay, then, you know, you kind of, establish that relationship um but i've realized like a lot of the relationships i have whether that's professionally or personally they can mentor me um and i don't necessarily have to ask for permission um and so i really really resonate with what phoebe said is like as long as um you're open-minded and you are curious and you want to keep learning i think that relationship um, is inherently like a mentor uh, mentorship so mentoring um, so yes I really resonate with what Phoebe said um, as we approach the end of our episode today I wanted um, to ask all of you I think one of the hardest things about any relationship is to maintain the relationship what kind of advice do you have for all um, our listeners about maintaining relationships ranging from use of technology or just like Phoebe said, um, being curious about other people's lives. How do you, how, what has helped you to deepen and strengthen your relationships? Okay, um, let's see. Uh, I think what has helped me is combination of trying to meet the person um, in person whenever you can. Um, and also using technology time to time. And so maybe I'm a bit old school, <laughs> I admit. Um, but uh, for me, I think in-person communication has really helped me to learn the mentor's um, personality and you know things like that um, too. And also just talking about things more in depth. Um, but I would also, yeah, agree that technology can be a huge help, um, especially during times like, you know, pandemic or especially because I'm imagining that like all of us, um, one way or another, you are, you know, navigating this multicultural, multinational space. And so internet is super handy when it comes to keeping in touch with people half across, you know, the world or what have you. So I usually, for example, take the um, opportunity of annual greeting season. So like, let's say Christmas for those folks in North America or New Year's for, you know, people in Japan. So it's 
natural for you to reach out with personalized messages and ask how they are. And maybe if I'm back in Japan, I could meet with some of them, vice versa. So, you know,、um, of course, like random things、uh, can pop up and you could meet other than those seasons. But I think、um, those greeting cards or e cards or you know, emails, what have you, can be one of the yeah, tools. How about you, Vivi? Yeah, I agree.、Um, to be consistent in your communication.、Um, so for me,、uh, I mean, currently I'm not in the journalism field anymore, but I do still keep in touch with、um, you know, the paper I used to write for back in Vancouver. So whenever I'm in town, I drop by the office and you know, bring them coffees and donuts and you know, ha- ask how everybody is doing. So, I think that you know, constant、um, communication and just keeping in touch,、um, even if it's through email, but if you can drop by in person, I do agree. There's just no substitute, I think, for、um, person to person interaction.、Um, so, you know, if you can drop by or you know, meet someone just for a quick cup of coffee, I think you know, that's a really good way to stay in touch as well.、Um, Um, yeah, basically. Yeah, I think like both of you shared really good points and sentiments of like the in person connection piece to maintain、um, the relationship. But I want to share my piece on how I maintain my relationship. Like for me as a mentee, how would I still stay connected with my mentors? And this might sound different. I think for me to stay connected with my mentors, I use social media. I connect with them either on a professional setting on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, however you would prefer to connect on your, with your mentors. But I pursue use social media like Instagram or Facebook so that I could still stay connected to what has happened in their lives or they could still be connected in terms of like what has happened in my life. And I recently, this past two days, I got connected to my former mentor that I had. Seven years ago, because he saw a posting that I graduated on Facebook and we got to chat after that. And we are actually going to meet on Zoom next week. So it's just really unique to see, like, both of you did share, like, during those seasonal greetings or what in, in terms of what has happened in their lives or your lives that you are able to reconnect. And I think that the beauty of technology and internet has helped us a lot. And Other than that, for me, in terms of maintaining re,、um, relationships, is to still remember that、uh, we are all humans. We go through different feelings together. And in terms of, let's say, the pandemic, we are powering through together. And maybe a short text of, hey, how's it going? How are you? I just want to do a quick check in, could brighten up someone's day. And that's how you are able to still maintain the relationship and reconnect with folks that you probably haven't spoken in a couple of years. So, Yeah, that's just me. Thank you, everyone. I also think remembering little details help, like kind of showing the other person that you were listening. It, sometimes I would pose a question like, hey, I remember you said you were moving. Have you moved already? Or like, I remember you said this. How's that going? Kind of thing. So I also try to maintain my relationship by actually you know, showing people that I. That I remember what they were saying. And even if it might have been a while since I talked to them, I think asking those little things will, will、um, still 
help us strengthen the relationship. All right. Um, I think we've approached to the end of our time. I would like to thank both Phoebe and Asuka for joining us today. I truly think that these kind of conversations can go on for another three hours. Um, and so I hope that perhaps this means we will have another collaboration on a different topic. Um, and I really look forward to the day that we can meet in person um, somewhere, someplace, sometime. Um, but I would like to thank Phoebe and Asuka again, Xiaoyun as well, for um, engaging on this topic on mentorship. And I would like to thank our audiences for tuning in today as well. Thank you.